shouldn't talk to them. They're bad. I know. Live from the center of the Bass Fishing Universe, it's time for Bass After Dark, your weekly waypoint to the best conversation and debate in all of fishing. One question, three experts, no rules, and none of the guests know who the other guests will be. All they know is tonight's question. So strap down your rods, put on your life jacket, and fasten your kill switch, because here's your host, Ken Duke. Welcome, everybody, to the inaugural episode of Bass After Dark. This thing has been a while in the making, and we're very excited to bring it to you beginning tonight. We want it to be a regular feature of your Thursday nights, and I'm going to tell you more about the we part of that in just a moment. But hey, like every good late night show, we got to start with a monologue of some, re of some kind. So here goes. And, and I've been looking at the news and looking through everything that's been going on in the world of bass fishing lately and, and you know, forward-facing sonar continues to be in the news as it impacts all the major professional bass fishing tournaments. Uh, some people embrace the new technology. Others think it goes too far. Uh, to a very significant degree, the line seems to fall between older anglers who by and large lag behind the technology and younger anglers who seem to have to be marshaled by their moms. Uh, that's how young some of these guys are who are winning these days. Uh, it's fall, weather's cooling even here in Florida where I live and, and fall means that the big tournament organizations are struggling to keep eyeballs on their websites and TV shows. Over at BASS, they're offering sweepstakes that fans can enter to win a fishing trip with a celebrity angler. In uh, one of those contests, first place is a day on the water with Chris and Trait Zaldane. Ironically, second place is two days on the water with Chris and Trait Zaldane. The studio audience didn't seem to like that one, uh, but hey, I'm just kidding. Just joking around here. It's only a joke. It can't hurt you. By the way, you want to check out their podcast when you get a chance. It's called The Bilge. Um, you know, there's uh, another news item that, that hit me was uh, it's also election season. You know, we had some, some major elections yesterday uh, around the country, or Tuesday, rather, around the country. And in Louisville, Kentucky, a man wielding a flag on a fishing rod was arrested for threatening voters at a polling place. He was charged with destruction of a voting machine, interfering with an election, and disrupting a major league fishing angler vote. <laughs> that one hit a, lot, hit a little better, didn't it? So that guy's in a lot of trouble. Uh, there's a lot of talk and even some fear these days that uh, the eventual takeover of artificial intelligence and the rise of the machines um, not surprisingly, Randy Blockett is opposed to this new technology. Uh, he's not known for, for his fanaticism for electronics, but nonetheless, um, he's against this new technology, artificial intelligence and so forth, but AI is fighting back and is trying to destroy Blockett's fishing career by recommending that he actually follow some of his own YouTube advice. <laughs> Uh, not a laugh track, folks. We have a massive studio audience here. Uh, I don't know a lot of news about the British royal family. That's kind of my wife's thing. She pays attention to that stuff. But um, recently, King Charles took away 
Harry and, and Meghan's security detail. So when they're when they're traveling, they're not going to have a lot of security with them. Uh, what went unreported, though, is that that Harry, formerly Prince Harry, has been pushed back in the order of succession to the British throne. We did a little research on that and uh, uh, discovered that he's now two places behind Elite Series Pro Matt Robertson, which, <laughs> which may explain some of, of Matt's wardrobe choices over the last few years. Well, again, welcome, folks, to Bass After Dark. Uh, again, my name is Ken Duke, and for the next 75 minutes or so, we hope to entertain you and earn a place on your Thursday evenings. And I say we because uh, I'm not nearly alone in doing this show. My co-host is Brian, Brian Stockel. You may know him as Brian the Carpenter. And our producer and engineer is the lovely and talented Nathan Benson. Um, Brian, I need you on the screen here, brother. Yo. What's up, buddy? Ken, you hey, did it. Your first monologue. The first monologue is in the can, and that's probably where it should have started. Is in the can. <laughs> well done ken but it's done and and i hope and, and for the record folks it was nathan and brian who put me up to doing that uh the monologue was not originally in my plans for for how we would go about this show but um you know i'm, I'm thrilled to be working with brian a big part of of this show's genesis was looking for an opportunity to work with my friends brian stockwell and nathan benson so i'm excited about that I'm, I'm very, I don't even know why I'm here, Ken. <laughs> I still don't get it, but here I am. In, in the future, you're going to be here to save me from bad monologues. So, uh, well, but, but, we'll see how that goes. But I know why you're here. I, I know why yes. you're here is because you're, you're the best co-host in the business. And, and right. I'm excited that you're here. And you're here to compliment me on my fabulous wardrobe. Uh, it is fantastic. Is, this is pretty much just what I wear when I'm at home and it's the evening. I've got the smoking jacket and the ascot, the, the pocket it's square. Honestly, Ken, I think that's how everybody pictures you. I think so. I think that's kind of my image in the in the fishing industry, and I'm I'm proud to wear this outfit. Um, but you're here for a lot of reasons, BTC. Um, yes. You're here to help manage the next uh, hour plus, and 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 let's talk a little bit about how Bass After Dark works because this is not <clears throat> yes. like other shows that folks may have seen, other podcasts they may have seen about bass fishing. It's it's different. It's different, Ken. We actually have a plan, unlike <laughs> uh, shows that I've been involved with in the past. And he, and sometimes we had a plan with them, but we had nobody followed them. Um, with this, we're going to do our best to follow Ken's genius plan, which is each show will be predicated upon one question, um, one question only. That's the topic of tonight's show. We have three analysts or experts, panelists, and uh, you know tonight they all know who each other are. You know, so it's kind of a warm-up show, but moving forward, we're going to hold that secret, right? We're not yeah, going to exactly. announce who the guests are. They won't know who the other guests are coming on that night. Uh, kind of add an element of surprise or gotcha, who knows? Yeah, we're going to try to pick guests who, will, who A, are experts on the topic, you know, subject matter experts, people who uh, have something to contribute to the conversation because – one of the things, Brian, I, I want to say about this program, or at least I'd like to be able to say about this program as we get a few under our belt, is uh, Bass After Dark is the most illuminating conversation in bass fishing. And, uh, and I think to, on, Ken. To, meet that, to meet that tagline standard, we got to do a good job on selecting our panelists. And we're going to do that. 
yes. Ryan and I, we know a lot of people in the fishing industry and some of them will even take our calls. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna try to get the best possible guests on here. But the trick is, all we're gonna be able to, to share with the folks who watch the show is the question, the topic for the night. And, and we're asking that you kind of trust us to bring the right people to the table so that we can have a really great conversation. Um, and, but it's not just that conversation. It's not just the topic of the evening. We also have another element of the show that comes toward the end that I'm really excited about. And, and that, that doesn't involve me so much, but, but it does oh, heavily involve we'll uh, see Ryan and Nathan. <laughs> and that, yes, that would be the top 10 list. And um, what, what does that, where does that come from, Ken, the top 10 list? I, I, I think David Letterman was the first guy Letterman? to really formalize it, it. Yeah, it was Letterman because he would throw the cards. That's yeah. right. <clears throat> and tonight's top ten list, which will be after uh, we talk to our um, experts about our topic, tonight's conversation will be the top ten rules MLF did not adopt for the twenty twenty four season. That's right. You know, a week or two ago, MLF came out with a, a big press release announcing some changes, kind of going back to that Every Fish Counts format and so forth. Well, we thought that you folks would like to know, okay, those are the rules they did adopt. We've seen those. That's old news now. We thought you guys might get a kick out of the, the things they considered but did not adopt. And some of those were, were very close, Brian, very close to being adopted. Yes, maybe should have been. Maybe should have been. But uh, that's that's coming up at the end of the show. And uh, we're also going to try to get that that thing out through social media. So we, we really I'm, I'm excited about about that. So I'm already looking forward to, to that aspect of it. But the meat of the show, BTC, the meat of the show is is the question and the fabulous panelists that we've got to talk about it. So can you can you tell us where, what, what we've got for tonight? Tonight, we the question is, uh, who should be on Bass Fishing's Mount Rushmore? Love that question. Love it. Now, yes. I think everybody uh, everybody knows Mount Rushmore in, in South Dakota. Massive stone monument. Uh, there are four men on that. Uh, let's see, we got George Washington. We got Thomas Jefferson. We got Abraham Lincoln. And the last one, BTC, do you know? Do you know? Do you know? Roosevelt. Theodore Roosevelt. Theodore Roosevelt, exactly. Yes, sir. Um, and, and, you know, how cool is that, that, that these guys, now I'm not sure they're the guys who would be voted in if they built Mount Rushmore today, but uh, I think that's very cool. And so sometimes, you know, when I'm hanging around with people who really follow the sport, I love I love asking that question and see who they would put on that list. And, and you know, the, the coolest thing about it is the opportunity to talk with the guys we have on the show, and, and I want to pick their brains about who they would yep. put on bass bass fishing's mount rushmore we got some good ones i i agree some some very good ones and let's start with a guy who uh i was thinking about this earlier you know if not for this guy this first guy brian that i think you're going to introduce first we wouldn't be here uh there is an excellent my chance dad you... <laughs> there's your an dad excellent too? chance now my dad too. Uh, uh there's an excellent chance that without this first panelist not only would we not be doing this show, but we might never have met. That's a fact. There you go. Yeah, I so would I'm say that's, let, yeah. I'm gonna let oh, you introduce sorry. our panelists here. All Where right, well, well, let me see if I could read. Um, our first panelist tonight, oh God, I can't see anymore. 
Uh, Brian is too vain to wear his glasses. <laughs> uh, first panel tonight is a pioneer, inventor, visionary coach, and a foster father. Ken, would you agree? I, I, well, that's that's all true. I would add that uh, this man is the most influential bass fishing journalist of the 21st century. Um, He'd almost then, be on the uh, mountain himself, huh? I tell you what, I, I don't know about I don't know about Mount Bassmore, but this guy this guy should be the next person to go into the Bass Fishing Hall of Fame. He should already be in the Bass Fishing Hall of Fame, and um, he's, he's got to make a coach. donation, Ken. That's the only thing holding it up. There you go. That and learning how to tie a Palomar knot. Uh, <laughs> but but uh, he is also the bowling coach at Southern Nazarene University, the founder of BassZone.com, the founder of Bass Talk Live. Can you introduce him for us, BTC? Yes, and and uh, the founder of Matt Pangrak, and that is none other than Mark Jeffries. Mark, welcome. Hey, what's up, guys? Listen, Kenny, all right, I can make a donation now from all this money that you sent me to be on this show tonight. I greatly, Mark, Mark, greatly appreciate it. That's 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 off camera stuff. I had to bribe Mark Jeffries. Mark Jeffries is such a big star in this world and so he barely he doesn't take my calls unless i text him dollar signs if i text dollar signs to him then he shows up stacks of money right there brian did what? you get paid <laughs> never brian brian and i are partners on this deal with nathan we're, we're right. sharing we're sharing in the big donut right now we're sharing nothing together you look good brian it's uh what Thanks. it's been three weeks since i've seen you yeah, at least. Yeah, is that yeah, right? yeah. Three? Yeah. Four? Think something like that. Since then. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, a little more than four, actually, because, yeah, we were all at the Bass uh, Fishing Hall of Fame ceremonies uh, to watch our buddy Mike Iaconelli get inducted. Yeah. But yeah. Mark, now Mark now coaching uh, bowling at Southern Nazarene University. Season's going well. A recent, what, fourth place finish? Uh, our worst finish, actually, in four events was fifth, but currently ranked number 13 in the nation and it's all freshmen so it's pretty cool so a bright future did you redshirt a lot of guys you can have them for that fifth i actually i have one player that i picked up in the portal and he is not eligible until semester number two and yes we do have a portal in bowling do, do you have a lot of uh that uh what is it uh image likeness what is it dude NIL money. NIL, I'm sorry. Name, image, right likeness. There. Huge. <laughs> that Southern Nazarene NIL money is not to uh, be dismissed. It's SN unique. SN unique. I like it. All right. I like it. <laughs> Thanks for having me on, Ken. Oh my gosh, man. We would not be, we would not dream of starting without you. Because also what we'd said earlier uh is BTC and I probably well, we certainly wouldn't be doing this show. We probably would never have met were it not for you and how instrumental you were in getting Ike Live going. Yeah. And of course, Mark and I have been friends for more than 20 years. Yeah. Uh, following the old BASS trails and, and stuff like that. And I, uh, he certainly knows how much I admire him and, and what a fan of Mark Jeffries I am. I'm a Ken but, Duke fan. Well, that, that's way kind. Same here. But, <laughs> We're not just we're not here just to praise Mark Jeffries. No, no. Uh, we have other panelists and, and BTC. What are we who again? We got? Oh, this is your buddy. Um, I just met him. Damn it, Ken. <laughs> Maybe put these things back on. Next, we have a historian, a chemist, a doctor, inventor, 
and a really, really, really loud talker. That's all I got on Doctor. His name is, Terry. is Dr. Terry Battisti. Yes. I'm sorry, I jumped in. <laughs> the doctor. And hey, let me Mark, throw in. Mark. Yeah. Ken, Ken sent you money. He sent me a crankbait. The only problem is, is that this is what he's calling a crankbait. He that's said the, I got that's, that. that's the first crankbait, okay? Yeah. He didn't even that's send the, me a knife. That's the first crankbait. Wow. Get over it. <laughs> Well, folks, Terry Battisti, a uh, longtime buddy of mine, he and I co-host the Big Bass Podcast together. And Terry is also the founder, uh, chief architect and contributor to a terrific website of his own called bass-archives.com. So I hope you have a chance to check that out. The number two historian and bass fishing currently I'm, or all time? I'm number two. I'm number two Does that mean all I'm... time. I'm number two currently. Number um, two? I, I don't like that reference. <laughs> That's where I'm at. That's where I'm at. I'm number two. You're number one. Uh, you're the foremost bass fishing historian out there. That's just the way it is. And uh, we got another panelist. You want me to do this? Please. Okay. You got to do him justice. I'm killing uh, it here. Uh, I've known all these guys a long time, and I'm mm -hmm. thrilled to call them friend. I'm thrilled that they're willing to come on our inaugural episode of Bass After Dark. Uh, of these three guys, I've known the next guy the longest. I've known him for about 25 years now. And uh, it's my buddy, Mike Davis, or as we sometimes call him, Mississippi Mike, or uh, Spooky Mike, because his love of the, the uh, Zara Spook, or Jiggy Mike, or uh, Glidebait Mike, or any number of other. Little, little Boom. Little Boom. Little boom Glidebait Mike, is that what you said? Glide Mike, yeah. Um, oh. And uh, he's, a, he's a serious fishing historian. Uh, he is the sleuth of the sport of bass fishing. He frequently helps me and Terry track folks down and, and get a lead on somebody who maybe have, has slipped through the cracks in bass fishing history. So let's welcome Mike Davis. There he is. Good Spooky evening. Mike, thank you for joining. Also, Mike Davis, his background is his home. That is not some sort of green screen. He has the coolest home anybody ever would care to see. Uh, it is just full of all kinds of fishing and hunting memorabilia. And uh, it looks just as, the rest of it looks just as good as what you see there. Uh, that, what looks like a little porch or, or something off to the side that's actually a storage room, uh, an incredible place. And Mike has, Mike's a trophy hunter, as I say. Mike, you caught your PB just a, a month or so ago. How big was that? On Labor Day. Yes, sure did. 13.5. Oh, not bad. And on a, a swim bait, a big buka swim bait. Correct. Correct. And uh, I understand Jeffrey's got money for appearing tonight. Terry got some type of fossil fuel or something of that nature. <laughs> you know, he has to carve his own crankbait. And Ken, <laughs> Ken sent me a handmade uh, giant trophy, largemouth spinnerbait, handcrafted by Basil Bacon himself up in the Ozarks. So, Ooh. Terry, I think I beat Ooh. you out on that one, and Jeffrey's beat both of us. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, hey. you know, I'm I'm number two. Remember that. <laughs> yes, you are. I'm the number two bass fishing historian. I maybe I'm number three. Mike Spooky oh, Jiggy geez. Swimbait Spinnerbait Mike Davis might be number two. <laughs> uh, all right, gentlemen, we're here to discuss that one question. And and Brian, could you reiterate that question? Could you throw that question out for us again. Is it who or whom? Whom shall be on bass fishing's Mount Rushmore? 
Mark Jeffries, I want to go to you first. Okay. I know, I know this is a topic you and I have discussed. We've talked about it a little bit. Yeah. Give me, give me your first, give me your first nominee for Bass Fishing's Mount Rushmore. First nominee. All right. And before I get to the fourth one, when I get to the fourth one, I just want to let everybody know there's a couple of guys that are probably in Sturgis. Okay. North Dakota or South Dakota, wherever it is. Yeah, where the where the big rally is, you know, right at the at the foot the foothills of Mount Rushmore. Oh, okay, yeah. Where they have the Sturgis Rally every year. Come on, yeah, man. big motorcycle rally. I, I'm yeah. familiar with what you're talking about, but right. I'm not I'm not right. sure where you're going. Well, they're close by. Okay. Okay. They're close by. All right, but the first guy I'm going to say, and I, and none of us would be talking about green fish and brown fish and the guys that go out and catch them if it wasn't for this guy. The main guy has got to be Ray Scott. I'm with you, man. I, as soon as you said none of us would be doing this, that's hard to argue with. Um, who could be making a living in the bass fishing industry or certainly not so many people uh, without Brother Ray who passed away just a couple of years ago. I'm, if I have dissent, if I hear dissent from this panel, I'm, I'm going to be so crushed. Spooky Mike, Ray Scott, please tell me he's on your list. Number one. There you go. Mike Davis says Ray Scott's number one. Number one. I, I might quibble with that. And I'll bet you that Terry Battisti doesn't have Ray number one if you're going chronologically. I got a pretty good idea with where Terry Battisti's going with his number one if he goes chronologically. And I bet it, I'm, it's not Ray. Terry Battisti, am I right? Yeah, I figured that this was all going to be chronological, and you, you you can't talk about number one on Mount Rushmore with, and it's without any argument in my mind. It's got to be James A. Henshaw. He was the guy that wrote the first book, a treatise on bass fishing, and he he said that the bass, you know, no matter what these trout fishermen you know, look down their nose at us about, but the bass was number one. And I mean, Ray Scott, I mean, reprinted that book a dozen times. Yeah. You know, well, that's because the copyright and, had expired and Ray knew he could make a buck. Well, absolutely. <laughs> but, but the thing is, is that Ray had an untold admiration for James A. Henshaw. He did. You know, I, so, I loved Ray Scott. Ray Scott it, was a, it, a wonderful friend and, and he did. He had tremendous respect for Henshaw. He certainly under, understood his position in history. Terry, you've just hit the, uh, you just touched the tip of the iceberg on Henshaw. Yeah. Not only did you write the first book on bass fishing, you wrote the second book. He designed yeah. the seminal rod and reel of the, the late 19th century, early 20th century. He uh, was yeah. the first to raise bass in captivity. Um, first and, to and transport them, you know, or, you know, had a big thing with, with, with stocking programs. He was the first president of the American Fishing Society or American Fisheries Society, AFS. Um, yeah, he was, if it wasn't for James Henshaw, we might all be wearing chest waders and fishing with <laughs> nine foot fly rods. <laughs> well, what, Jeffries, Jeffries would be bowling. But uh, the rest uh, of us yeah. have to struggle like that. <laughs> yeah, and well, you, you, you alluded to it right at the beginning there, Terry, because you talked about uh, Henshaw's 
powers almost like a, a, a 19th century Nostradamus. Uh, he said that oh, yeah. the bass would overtake the trout for a variety of reasons, but, but he talked about things like pollution, dams, the, yeah. all these things that, that did lead to the bass becoming the number one sport fish in America. And it yeah. led to the decline of trout. So Henshaw saw the future 2020 and he wrote these books in the 1880s. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's when he wrote his book. I mean, he, but he was writing for magazines prior to that. So, you know, it, Henshaw's, you know, like I said, if we're going chronologically, Henshaw's my number one pick. Well, we're not necessarily going chronologically. I don't want anybody to think that, but, but let me, let me back up to Mark and Mike and say, you guys have any quibbling with, with James Henshaw? <laughs> Go ahead, Mark. Uh, I don't, I don't know that he's on either of your lists. No, no, quite honestly, I, it, Terry, <laughs> seriously, I, I would like to know how many people my age. Okay. And I just had a birthday yesterday. People We're that have been age, in the industry Mark. for that long. Okay. At my age, let's just ask, <laughs> even though he's not as old as me, Brian, Happy do birthday, you know Mark. who Henshaw is? Now me and half the chat board do not okay. know who Henshaw is. I'm just however, checking. Now, now, how, hey, however, we're we're learning about him, Mark. And and before before I give it back to you, Mike Payne is uh very impressed with Terry's restraint in his uh volume tonight. <laughs> so shout out from Mike yeah, Payne yeah. to Terry Batisti. I'm hiding my mic. <laughs> yeah. So Terry, I, I get it. I, I totally understand where you're coming from in the environment that you are really, really, really good at. And, and there are, probably isn't anybody else that is as good as you are with what you do. But I think the masses in this industry, the fans in this industry, even over the last 25, 30 years, have no idea who that is. Do you agree or disagree, Mike? I totally agree. And I, I've been struggling for quite some time, Mark, with Henshaw being – on my list between he and my number four pick because yeah. I know I know a great deal about Henshaw. I, I, I see where Terry's coming from, but I'm going to have to agree with Mark a little bit more than I do you, Terry, which I never agree with. Well, you that's on fine. So who, who is the first who is the first person on Mount Rushmore? It's George Great's Washington. Scott. No, it's George Washington. Right. In yeah. our world, in our world, the, Ray Scott. No, yeah. but he's not the first person that had to do with bass fishing. And then, then he faded the person... away for quite some time. <laughs> yeah, he did fade away. Well, Henshaw faded away probably from the point of Jason. Well, I'm not going to go into other yeah, people. But... Save your next pick. I'm, I'm, I think you're treading yeah. on your next pick. <laughs> yeah. <Some> <laughs> and by the way, uh, if, if, if you thought you'd been bitch slapped by Mark and Mike on the Henshaw pick, I think you're going to take a bigger beating on number two. Uh, let him well, go next. Ken, let, let <laughs> Terry go next. Uh, 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 go to, go for it, Terry. Who's your number two? I think I know it. I think I know it. Well, this is really tough for me um, because there's, there's two people here that I think, I mean, it, ah, okay. I think that there needs to be five people on Mount Rushmore. Uh, no, and, no, no, no. Four people. Um, well, so okay, all right. So Jason Lucas is okay, my Lucas. next. 
uh, hey, because bef he bef wait before before Mark and Mike just rip you a new one. I agree with you. Thank you, Ken. I appreciate I, that. I, down, uh, I mean, I down. you you have <laughs> you you have James Henshaw who wrote the first two books about bass fishing, and then you have Jason Lucas in 1947 who then writes the third book on bass fishing and it's done with respect to changes wow. in tackle. Uh, and, and he's gone. I mean, yeah, no, there were a lot of people that wrote like Sheridan Jones yes. in 1923 wrote yes. books. Uh, you know, there were a lot of people in between the, the second Henshaw book, which was 1889. 1889. Yep. And, and Jason 1947. Lucas in 1947. But, right. but Jason Lucas took bass fishing to a different tier. He started talking about uh, fishing offshore. He was talking about using light lines, seven pound test, long, you know, shorter rods and long rods. Uh, he's talking about coloring line. He's talking about breaks, and I'm not just talking, you know, uh, a current break. He's talking weed breaks, rock breaks, breaks in 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 depth, that type of thing. He went, in my eyes, as the first scientific angler uh, th that wrote a book and and got people going. And then in 1949, he becomes the editor of fishing for Sports of Field magazine, which yeah, is the, where the he's. Go ahead. Yeah, well, the first guy who was really a bass advocate to become the fishing editor of one of the big three. Yeah, all, exactly. the other, all the other fishing editors back then had been trout guys. And they or looked down guys. on the bass. Yeah, or saltwater yeah. guys, which is even worse. Because mm -hmm. so in saltwater, all that lives are fish we eat. In chronological order, <laughs> that, is, that is my number two. All right, Mark. number two. <laughs> <laughs> You're inviting Mark... <laughs> Ow, wow. Now you've been bitch slapped by Nathan. <laughs> Brian, you got to save this. That's man. all right. I'm tough. I can handle it. <laughs> Brian, the carpenter who yes, I, 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 I tease with, I tease Brian. I say, Hey man, one of the, one of the roles, you know, that, that you've always served so well in on, on Ike live or Bass U or any of those shows he's on is I always kid Brian. I say, you're, you're great at comforting the afflicted and afflicting the comfortable. And uh, Terry Battisti right now is is highly afflicted. I I don't need to do anything. Terry's doing it. Okay, he's done for <laughs> Mark. Well, I got to add to this. <laughs> Mark, you took your you took you your swing feed on his pickup. <laughs> well, I Mark, just hang on a minute. Hang on. I, yeah. I thought we might have been confused and and we're not discussing Mount Rushmore. Instead, maybe Terry got a little confused and thinks that we're talking about the Smith, 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 I can't even say it. Smithsonian. Smithsonian. <laughs> yeah, in Washington, D.C., that has all these relics that people rarely go see anymore. Uh, Ouch. Because here, let me just say this. When you're talking about Mount Rushmore, the four presidents that are on Mount, Mount Rushmore, everybody pretty well knows who they are and what they did, right? Agreed? There are Agreed. a lot of Agreed. people that make the trip to the Dakotas to go see Mount Rushmore. You agree with that? I don't so know. So when I it. look <laughs> at the world of professional or, or amateur or whatever you want to call it, bass fishing in general, I think the people 
should be on that mountain are people that are very recognizable by the fans, the people in the industry, the anglers, everybody that's associated and and is involved in some aspect. And even the people that may not know, but I guarantee you, if you talk bass fishing, the vast majority of people are going to know who Ray Scott is. Agree or disagree? I agree. I and and with all yeah. due respect, Terry, man, your historical knowledge off the charts, off the charts. But when you're talking about Mount Rushmore, I don't think people's going to pay a dozen donuts to go see who you talked about. <laughs> I could but, be wrong. You know, Am I wrong, Mike? I, the way I look that's, at Mount Rushmore, it, the, the that's, way I look at Mount Rushmore, it's the people that built the country, and the way I look at Mount Bassmore is the people that built bass fishing from the beginning, not the 1970s or the 1967 on, because there was a big thing to get Ray sitting in that travel lodge in 1967. To have that epiphany. Uh, That's. Oh, I think you're out of line, Terry. <laughs> I mean, why, don't, why don't we go ahead and put. Hey, why don't we go ahead and put Adam and Eve on Mount Rushmore? Because they didn't. They had nothing, didn't they they had nothing to do with bass fishing. <laughs> to be fair, we don't know that. <laughs> wow. Oh, if you're talking about. Right, you agree cider, or maybe. disagree there, co host? I totally agree with you, Mark. Totally Thank agree you. with you. Thank 100%. you. 100%. Oh, my God. These, oh these, my God. The two guys that Terry has brought up, although I'm a fan of both Lucas and Henshaw. Agree. They, I totally agree. They were so early in the game. There was there was such a lapse there. You know, Hernando DeSoto come up through Mississippi here catching largemouth bass to, to feed his guys. But does that mean he deserves to go on Mount Rushmore of bass fishing? No. Let, let Terry no. look him up and do a little research. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but you talk to the people that started bass fishing in the 40s and 50s, which fed Ray Scott's dream in 1967, and every single one of them mentions Jason Lucas. Ask Roland Martin, who his biggest influence was in, in his fishing, and he will tell you it was Jason Lucas. Jimmy Houston, Jake, Jason Lucas, all those guys that fished Ray's first five years of tournaments read Jason Lucas in Sports of Field and read his book. So, BTC, we're not, we're not right? discuss, discussing tournaments, though, Terry. We're discussing bass fishing. Oh, Did Mike you? Davis, are you are you arguing for or against Terry on that? I'm arguing exactly. With, I can't tell. <laughs> I Sounds can't like tell. he's arguing with me. <laughs> We're not discussing tournament anglers per se. Mike, well, you're making, I, you're according to Mark, point. I mean, the, I, I the, think influence, Mark... the influence of tournament anglers in general, you know, bass fishing itself. Well, I, I, I bet Terry and I would agree that that Lucas would have and did hate the idea of bass tournaments. Oh, that was, that was anathema to him. Um, mm -hmm. And Ray obviously loved it, but Ray saw it as a marketing opportunity more than anything else. BTC, I am loving the discussion because I am nice. watching <laughs> Mark and Mike go, go mano a mano against Terry. And, and, and I don't see anybody <laughs> taking a lead here yet. I think this is a remarkably even conversation right now. 
I believe it is as well. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying getting educated on it, and, and Terry's standing his ground and making some pretty damn good points. Well, the man is six yeah, three. I, I've been set up. I've been set up. <laughs> I don't think we've got the uh, picks of who who uh, Mike and Mark think it should be instead of Terry's fossils. Whoa! Go ahead, Mark. Well, I, Terry, I, Terry, I thought it was two to one against you. Turns out it's three to one. It's three wow. to one. Yeah, exactly. No, that's, that's exactly. Not necessarily. Like I said, I've been set up. Wow! Wow! All right, Mike right. Davis. Mike Davis, you're up. Who's your next uh, nominee for the Mount Rushmore of bass fishing? Well, Ken, you know mine. You, you've known it for years. You and I have had this discussion for half a decade. Uh, my half number a decade one, longer than my that. number longer. one is we agreed. Mark and I agreed to Ray Scott. My number two is Bill Dance. And if that needs an explanation, then. I'll drive Bill on Lou? up to uh, Knoxville in a few minutes and take you out, Terry. You know, <laughs> those two words speak for themselves. You know. All right, I agree. I saw someone raising their hand. Ken Duke. I, I, well, I want to. I want. I want Ryan to show everybody his cap for the evening. Oh, the official Bill Dance official. Oh. Not quite official. It's kind of a homemade version of a Bill Dance cap, but there it is. Officiated. You're sporting a t-shirt too, correct? Yeah, check out the That's shirt. Right, yeah. There's Bill on the shirt. But Mark, I don't think Bill Dance is on your list. He is not on my list, but he's the one He's what? one of the guys that I have in Sturgis, okay? okay. Uh, I, I can't Bless. disagree. I can't disagree. Uh, it, it, one of the greatest memories that I have was going to the early Bassmaster Classics uh, when I started, you know, in the late nineties doing this gig, uh, the line of people that was lined up to see Bill Nance and get his autograph and talk to Bill Dance and the impact that he had from a media standpoint with his show, uh, it, it, it was incredible. And, and I've told this story a zillion times, uh, when I was on BTL about how we would fish on Sundays but we would make sure that we had enough time to get home to watch the TNN block that would be on the Nashville network. Uh, that was an epic period. And who was kind of in the forefront of that? I mean, Bill was one of those guys, but the brand, the recognition, the relationship that he had with the fans was unlike uh, any other, any other angler out there that, that really, uh, I, I, th I, I don't disagree with that choice. He's just, uh, not one of my four, but you can't disagree. Terry, Terry, I think that since Bill wasn't born in the, in the 19th century, you're not going to like this choice. Uh, is that correct? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm with Mark on this. Um, <gasps> I'm Mike. What? Uh, I'm not, what? I'm, I'm not sure that's allowed, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, I, I have my list consists of six. And Bill is <laughs> Bill is one of those six. Um, I for every reason that that Mike and Mark stated, I I agree with it a hundred percent. I mean, there has been no angler in all of sport fishing that has more of an effect on getting people fishing than Bill Dance ever in in all of the sports history. You can't argue with it. 
I mean, you know, we 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 need to increase Mount Vassmore from four to six people. Yeah, six is a good just, number. He's definitely drawn so many people to to fishing and and, and specifically bass fishing, not just yeah. within the United States but around the world as well. You know. Oh, absolutely. And, and it goes back to, uh, you know, he and Ray Scott kind of started the, the wheels spinning along the same time and, and fed off each other. We all know that they, they fed off each other, but uh, there's so many great, great stories that, that we all hear from around the world where Bill Dance drew, drew people into bass fishing, you know, no question. Yeah. And, Obviously, and, and was a big proponent and, and, and helped spur the catch and release. And clean waterways. Oh, yeah. Yep. Uh, Brian's obviously a huge Bill fan. He's got the cap. He's got the shirt. Uh, one of the greatest honors that I've ever had in this industry was I got to write the foreword for Bill Dance's most recent book. And uh, when when he called and asked me to do that, I can't tell you what that meant to me. That was a huge, huge deal. So uh, uh, count me as... I knew I uh, should have picked up that call. <laughs> you were in jail at that time, character. <laughs> All right, that's enough of Batisti. Uh, let's let's go back to uh, well, let's go back to to Mark Jeffries and, and see Mark who's next on your list. All right, second one, uh, nine angle of the years, uh, the most ever, nineteen BASS wins. 25 classic appearances, but he never did get the W in the classic. Uh, and a guy who who did television and was so recognizable uh, to the bass fishing fans wherever the guy went. And uh, hopefully everybody knows who I'm talking about. I'm talking about Roland Martin. Still going strong at 83 with his YouTube channel. Yeah. Uh, Roland Martin, one of the all-time greats, just no question about it. I, uh, and yet, you know, we're talking about a very limited amount of real estate on on the Mount Rushmore bass fishing. So, uh, Iron Mike, Spooky Mike, as we have you on the screen here, what do you think about Roland Martin for a spot on 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 the mountain? I'm sorry, Mark. I, I'm, I'm going <gasps> to disagree with you. Yeah. I'm, I'm for like what reason? I'm like Terry. Maybe there should be six or eight or ten. And if that's the case, I'm I'm driving to Keystone, South Dakota tonight and put Ronald Reagan on there. But I'm going to have to disagree. <laughs> with you. Uh, yeah. When this when this question was presented, I tried to focus my thoughts and attention on not so much tournament angling. Yeah. The promotion of the sport, the promotion of catch and release, the promotion of clean waterways, et cetera, et cetera. And I, I love rolling to death. I love what he's accomplished and all, but I'm going to have to totally disagree with you on that, Mark. Okay. Terry, what do you got for rolling? How about some love? Uh, for How about some love for the great American fisherman? Yeah, I, I, I mean, Roland's. He was my hero when I was you know, in junior high school, I had, I bought his book in 1980. Uh, I read it cover to cover four times before I graduated high school, which was 82. Um, took, took eight years. I modeled, I modeled, <laughs> yeah, it took me eight years to get out of high school. Um, I modeled 
you know, my fishing, or I tried to, uh, after him. I mean, it was, it was him and Rick Clun. You know, what would Roland do? What would Rick do? I mean, you know, I can't argue with it, but he's not on my, he's not on my Mount Bassport. Boo. BTC, your thoughts on Roland? I agree with, with Jeffrey's 100%. Um, you know, because he's your daddy. <laughs> wow. wow there it is there's the dad jokes and then there's there's grandpa jokes i guess that's wow. a grandpa joke um no i got to meet roland and and um but well, we all did but i got to see him i don't know i this this yeah, you've, you've one time roland right yeah i got the fish one but when me and mike showed up there up at the saint lawrence that day a couple years ago we got up there like 12 30, 1 o'clock. They had been out fishing all morning. They came back to the ramp. Half the guys are sitting in the boat eating a sandwich. Jimmy Houston's under a tree doing a commercial. And there's Roland Martin on the bank still casting. Wow. And I, and we put on, I said, Mike, yes, look, look at Roland. I said, look at him. He's still casting. And, um, and that just stuck out to me because the guy is 82. He was, I think, 81 now. years old. Right. Yeah. I think he was like 81 at the time. He's fished every day of his life. He fished all damn morning. And while everybody else is resting, he's still casting. And that to me is just absolute pure love of fishing. Pure Dedicate. love of fishing. Dedication. Not, not like, not, you know, an opportunity. And not to say Roland didn't take an opportunity to make a dollar, but just pure love of fishing. And, and, and he's 83 yeah. years old. He does push ups and sit ups every morning just to keep limber enough to keep fishing amazing uh, that's yeah I, it's, for me that's that's uh, that impressed me hey, hey, i don't I know about these old guys that... writing books thanks brian thank you brian <laughs> you got it buddy <laughs> well I, I, at the very least we can all agree roland needs to be on the short list of people we talk about for uh absolutely for the bass fishing mount rushmore sure. all right spooky mike spooky mike you're up who's your who's your next uh nominee for Johnny mount rushmore bass fishing Johnny, Johnny Morris, Morris, founder of Bass Pro Shops. Certainly the man who's made more money on sure. bass fishing than anyone else. Sure. Uh, but but tell us what what makes you want to put Johnny Morris on the, the conservation bass efforts, you know, you know, fighting, uh, promoting the kitchen release, the Clean Water Act, et cetera, et cetera. We could sit here and talk. We could literally talk all night about each one of these guys. But uh, you Terry, you know where I'm going with it. Mark certainly does. BTC, Ken, you know more than all of us put together. But uh, Johnny Morris's list of accomplishments, not in the business world, but in conservation and, and promoting catch and release and all, I, I think it entirely speaks for itself. It really does. He was a heck of a tournament angler, too. You know, the guy made it to, what, six Bassmaster Classics? Made five, in a, five, 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 five in a five. row. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so in a row. Was, he was a heck of a fisher. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Mark, a lot of guys in the business Morris? world probably wish he would have he would have stayed in the tournament <laughs> circuit and not got <laughs> into business. You know, he's uh, certainly done well. In, I don't know what the guy's worth, but let's let's say conservatively five billion dollars, six billion dollars, something like that. I think the last numbers I, the last numbers I saw a couple of weeks ago was uh, eight point three. Ken, there you 8. go. 3. Yeah, yeah. An, an amazing amount of money. Mark, what do you think? Johnny Morris uh, on the, the has, has, has there been an individual 
from a business perspective. Has anybody else had the impact that he has had on the industry? And the answer is no. Yeah, you got a heck of an argument there. All right. No. And, and not just from what he's done with Bass Pro Shops and Cabela's, but also think about the effect that he has had on people that know nothing about tournament bass fishing. Yeah. All right. Yeah, true. There's not too many people that that can say that. And and that's the one thing that that I think kind of separates Johnny from everybody else, besides the dollar signs and everything else that the guy's done. But think about it. What he has done from a conservation standpoint, but when you see people that don't know, they don't know who a lot of these people are, but they know Bass Pro Shops and they know what that brand means. So I I agree. He was another guy that I had in Sturgis. So, but I cannot disagree with uh, Johnny not being on there. Yeah, uh, you know, we talk about bass fishing. That's why we're here talking about bass fishing. But Johnny Morris is also a huge name in the world of hunting, in ATVs, in you name it. If it's involved in the outdoors, Johnny Morris probably has a flag yeah. planted somewhere. Now, here's my argument against Johnny Morris and really against a lot of the bass pros that we've talked about so far. And that <laughs> is that none of them, none of them would be on our list. None of them would even be getting any consideration but for Ray Scott. Ray Scott put them on that pedestal. Ray Scott created the opportunity for Johnny Morris. So I kind of look at the the Mount Rushmore thing and you know, and I I, want to see who could be there independently. And I don't think that's necessarily true of a lot of the Bass Pros. I don't think that's true of Johnny Morris, but that's my only gripe. I'm I'm loving the lists everybody's got so far. And uh, let's throw it to you, Dr. Battisti. Uh, you, you're, you've been a big hit so far with Henshaw and Lucas. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I I agree with with Johnny Morris, but he didn't make my top ten. And you know, obviously, uh, you know my top or excuse me, my top four. But my top four is skewed towards historical figures uh, that built bass fishing. Um, Who's next up for you? Who is next up for me? That would yeah. be uh, Elwood Lake Buck, Buck. Perry. Perry. What? You're just making <laughs> stuff up now. That's literally like four random words oh you just God. said. It's E.L. Buck Perry. Buck, what? Buck per- You've never heard of Buck Perry, BTC? <laughs> Have you never gone spoon trapping? I mean, yeah. A spoon it has not reached New Jersey. Okay, spoon spoon plugging was just a. I mean, that was the the key to him selling we, things. But we still talk of the, bass fishing, Terry. Oh my god! <laughs> Someone slap BTC. No. Well, welcome to Thanks, welcome Nathan. to beat up Terry after dark. Yeah. Buck Perry is the <laughs> first guy to go in depth scientifically into structure fishing. When he was 10 years old, he was fishing with his dad, who was casting to the shoreline, and he asked his dad, why aren't the fish in the shallows? Couldn't they be in deeper water? And his dad said, shut up and fish. And from that point on, he set out to prove his dad wrong. And he is the guy 
He is the guy <laughs> that defined structure fishing. He's the guy that, des- uh, that defined breaks, how fish have migration routes, the whole nine yards, everything that we use in bass fishing today. Roland Martin refers to him as, you know, the father of structure fishing. I mean, there's nobody that you can talk to in Roland's era of bass fishing or even the, the you know, 10 years after that, that does not mention Buck Perry as the father of structure fishing. He was, he's it. Are you he saying Buck? the guy. Buck. Buck. Yes, that was his name. B was Buck. B as in Bravo. Okay. Buck. U-C-K. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So you're, you're driving me to drink here. That's all. Oh, you're, you're drinking tea. By the way, by the way, for, for anybody who's for anybody who's uh, interested in sponsoring, we need a bourbon sponsor desperately. Yes. I, I know we're only the first hour into our first episode. Basil Hayden, actively, come on. We are actively searching for a bourbon sponsor. Oh, you right got now. Basil Hayden too. Call Terry. <laughs> okay, now Buck Perry, Mark Jeffries. What do you say to Buck Perry? Uh more kudos, kudos, Terry. Kudos. <laughs> there was a lot of sarcasm in that kudos, why, Terry. Why, so why, why do you hate me, Don't Mark? take pride in I that. I don't, man. I don't. I told you. You, you, are a, you brought your A game tonight, man. And once again, uh, I don't think people give a buck about buck, okay? <laughs> oh. That was, that, was, that was bringing game, Mark Jeffries. That's bringing game. I can smell it from here. <laughs> hey Terry, Woo! I think I think he just bowled a strike against you, sir. Yeah. Mike Davis, tell us tell us your take on Buck Perry for for yeah. Nicole Tesla's dad took him fishing, also Terry, but he's not <laughs> on my list. Okay, I mean, you're you're wow, reaching that's... down into the depths of. I'm not. This, I'm not. This, you this asked. Okay, here. Blake Honeycutt owns the freaking all time record. Yeah, you know, at bass, it'll never get broken because it was a 15 fish record. Blake Honeycutt learned from Buck Perry, who taught Roland Martin about structure structure fishing. Blake Honeycutt. Who cares? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, that's that's the deft oh touch of of Nathan Benson, Holy producer crap. engineer extraordinaire. Oh. BTC, I, I love Nathan's touch on that. That was it was nice. You got to admit, Terry, it must have been kind of nice back then to be the first person, right? Like, how easy? Yeah, but how would he do now? How easy? That's kind of he wrote yeah, the book, Brian. He wrote the yeah. book. Oh yeah, he wrote the book it's, that they're. He wrote the book. He he wrote the book. He was the first guy to cast Roland, off Roland the Martin learned off of. He wrote the book that Jimmy Houston learned off of. He wrote the book that Bobby Murray learned off of. He wrote the book that Mike Iaconelli learned off of. Oh, <gasps> what yeah. did he do? What was his day job? Fishing. He made he made spoon plugs and traveled. He was the, the country he was and... the physicist. His day job was a physicist at okay. UNC. Okay. Uh-huh. And oh, that's why you're that. picking them. I got it. <laughs> Let's see what this is. Wow, it, it continues to be three to one against Batista. Oh my but, god, uh, but Terry, I mean... Terry Batista, you are holding your own, my friend. You are holding your own. I am so I proud. Think he's of winning. 
I don't know about winning, but he's holding his own. All right, Mike Davis, you're up. We we, we can stop it here, Ken, because I know Terry's <laughs> next pick is going to be Noah was trolling a jitterbug off the back of the arc here in the corner. <laughs> Noah was an early topwater standout. You gotta you gotta give him that. All right, Mike and Davis. This was his topwater lure. <laughs> Terry, if there had been any cash left. After I paid Mark, I would have given you some of it. All right, my Spooky Mike, you're up. Who's who's next on your Mount Rushmore bass fishing? Terry's got me so flustered, Ken, I can't even remember. We, we've been through three or four. It's just the fourth one, okay? You, you've named two of your guys, and uh, the other two guys that I believe you have have not been We need a running total. Yet. Nathan, where are you at? We need another screen up here <laughs> with, with names and here's, columns of who's chosen here's, who. Here's who's been nominated. And I'm not uh, just Ray Scott by, by I think ultimately all four, all three of you, but so far two of you, uh, Roland Martin, uh, James Henshaw, Jason Lucas, Buck Perry, Johnny Morris, and uh, Bill Dance. And I'm sorry, Mike, let me switch because we've already got three of your entries. I'm right. going to go over to Mark again because I think you're going to see some overlap. Mark, who, who you got up next for Fast uh, uh, Fishing's Mount Rushmore? All right. In my opinion, probably the most influential tournament angler that resulted in sales based upon what this guy was winning thousands of dollars with. And, ben and Milliken. I think, no, oh. I, I, I truly believe that a lot of people don't realize the economic impact that this guy had besides the fact that he had seven AOIs, four Bassmaster Classic wins, 28 Classic appearances, and we wouldn't know what Sexy Shad is if it wasn't for KVD. Which was stolen from Lucky Craft Chartreuse Shad. Oh, I heard that. Jeez. <laughs> Sorry, Mark. He invented KVD. yellow. It, as Kevin. much as it pains me, Jeffries, I knew where you were going with that on your intro of your yeah. pick, and I've got to totally 100% disagree with you. Just, How do you disagree with Kevin Van Dam? Let, let's stop for a moment. And Can't we all agree that Kevin Van Dam is the most accomplished tournament angler of all time? Hands down. Can't we get there? Absolutely. There's no argument there. BTC. Hang on a yes. minute. Hang on yes. a minute, Ken. Uh -huh. Hang on. I remember that run that he went on in the Elite Series when the whole crankbait craze was going on with the sexy shad and everything. Yeah. Everybody, you could not keep that stuff on the shelves. And it was simply a result of what Kevin was doing in that run that he went on for that period of time over that three years on the Elite yeah. Series. Yeah, really, four I, years, I, 2008 I, through 11. Amazing. Yeah, I had people in the industry tell me that they've never seen anything like this from the influence that somebody winning had on the tackle industry. I remember uh, can you going argue into, that? I, I'm not going to argue that. I remember going into a Walmart one day and seeing a big stand of beer with Kevin Van Dam's picture on it. And I thought, wow, this guy has, has gone to another level. He's on beer. That was crazy that's, to me. That's awesome. <laughs> that was Bush, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was Bush. <laughs> yeah. I'll drink to it too, but this is not beer. Uh, okay. Just Mark, I, I think uh, 
that's uh, that's a heck of a, a play. The most accomplished tournament angler of all time. But Mike, you say you disagree. What is the basis of that disagreement? Kind of falling that's, back. That's into an excellent the, argument. Falling <laughs> back into the history realm just a little bit. Oh I, my I, God! No, you, no, I've no. been giving you history, and you're 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 jacking me the, every time around. Careful, careful! Everybody who ventures into that history realm gets their ass kicked. Okay. Terry Batista, you don't say a whole lot, but when you do, you're straight to the point, and I salute you for it, okay? <laughs> I, I just got to disagree with that pick, although Mark may disagree with what I'm going to counter that with in a few minutes, but I don't see, as much as I like KB, KBD, I do not see him doing to promote the clean waters, the the management, the conservation as much as I do. I did Ray Scott, Johnny Morris, Bill Dance, etc., even Henshaw. So if I'm in the gutter for that one, Terry, I'm sorry, but that, that that's the way I feel. No, I I I I I agree. Even KVD did not make my Mount Bass one. I can't argue or dispute, Mark, that or Ken, that, you know, he is the number one bass fisherman that has ever walked the planet. Sure. He's I can't do it. I can't do it. We've ever known. Yeah. Yeah. But he did not make my Mount Bass one. I mean, maybe we need, you know, 10, 10 anglers on Mount Bass more. <laughs> um, you just I ain't carving a bomb on Rushmore, right? I mean, I get it. Excuse let's, me? Let's... <laughs> let's, let's not be like the bass fishing hall of fame and let just everybody in okay this is this is for four people and and let me say this mike just in defense of kvd uh i think mark and i will both attest to the fact that kevin does a lot of fine charity work his sure. his focus may sure. not have been on a lot of legislation and things like that but kevin is a, is a real contributor to the industry and yeah. kevin's recycled i could tell you this he's recycled more beer, beer cans than than most anglers Sure. There you go. And I, I'm sure now that his <laughs> not sure what that means, but there it is. A lot more of that now, you know. Uh, that'd be great. That'd be great. and of course he's worked very closely with Johnny Morris on a lot of Johnny's charitable things. Ken, um, did you ever look at his his Kevin's uh, uh, logo? Just the the KVD logo. This it's a beer cap. Is it? Yeah. I didn't even notice. It's a, right, Mark. Okay, who knew I, that? I, I missed that one. Who knew that? I did not know yeah. that. I don't know. Somebody pull it up. All Pretty I sure it's a beer hook, cat. With... All I see is the hook barbs and points. That's all I see. There you go. There you go. Um, okay, so we got KVD. I mean, that's a that's a tough one to argue with. Um, let's see. Who's up next? I want to go. Let's go. Everybody's got three entries in now. I want to go back to Mark. Mark, your fourth candidate for the Mount Rushmore bass fishing. Uh, number four. Us- You've already given us Ray Scott, Roland Martin, and and now Kevin Van Dam. Yeah, number four is going to be Rick Klun. Uh, Rick Klun. Four Bassmaster Classic wins, thirty-two classic appearances, including twenty-eight in a row, one AOI. Uh, he also was the winner of the ESPN Greatest Angler debate back in uh, what year was that? Two thousand four, two thousand five, two thousand five. Yeah, yep. something like that. And uh, man, the, the dude is still doing it. And Amazing. it's it's interesting. The, the early years that I was out on location covering 
the Elite Series, it was really cool to see how many anglers that were out there that had been influenced by Rick and the relationship that they had with Rick and how, let's just call it unique, Rick was with a lot of the diverse ways and the mental aspect of the game. But uh, there have been very few anglers over a long period of time that have been able to do what Rick has done. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Terry, I see you and Mike nodding. Absolutely. I mean, you, you can't, you can't dispute it. I mean, Rick, wrote the book on tournament fishing and, yeah. and how to win, how to win the big event. I mean, it he really he, did. He, in 1974, realized that the Bassmaster Classic was going to make or break his career. And so he designed, he practiced every tournament the way that you were given, you know, to practice for the Classic. He only practiced for a day or a day and a half for every event because he was conditioning himself to find fish for the classic. You know, that's why he, the only year that he won angler of the year, he put it in his mind that he was going to, going to win angler of the year because he knew he needed that on his resume. And so yeah. he practiced for an extra day or two that entire year. And then after he won AOI, he went back to his day and a half of practice for the classic for every tournament. Yeah, certainly There's something one of, to be said about that. Certainly one of bass fishing's great thinkers, forward thinkers. He's he's my favorite guy in the sport probably to interview. Uh, Without a doubt. When yeah. you ask Rick a question, you know, yes, you, you ask a lot of these guys a question, you pretty much know the answer before you ask. Rick always makes me think. And, and I, I love that about talking with him. Uh, ironically, now when I talk to Rick, most often we talk about poker. How's your poker game? Yeah. Uh, stuff like that. But and I bet Mark, I bet you talked to him about poker a lot oh, too. A ton. I mean, he actually was taking part in the Heartland Poker Tour for yeah. a little while. He almost so. he almost made a final table of that one time. He bubbled yeah. the final table on one. Uh, just an amazing person, a wonderful guy to to have a conversation with. And and spooky Mike Davis, I think how interesting we're we're talking Rick Clun. Tell us your next pick. For the Mount Rushmore bass fishing, Ricky Klon. There you go. What what is it about Klon that that you admire so much? Gosh, there's so much, Ken. I mean, what I, I believe you guys could probably correct me if I'm wrong on this. Uh, 28 consecutive classics. Yeah, uh, yeah. Mark was alluding to that. 70, yeah, 70, never be broken. 76 years old, I believe, this year. Still competing at the highest level. I challenge anyone throughout the whole world to find a professional sport where someone Rick's age is still competing at the highest level in any 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 sport we have throughout the globe. You know that is true passion. That guy is a warrior within his world. You know yep. uh, that's great. You know a lot of people don't realize all the the aches and pains <laughs> and and physical challenges that Rick goes through at his age to compete at that level. He is a warrior. That's a great word for it. And I, yeah. I, although I'm not, I'm not Rick's age, I'm, I'm 61 and I can't even compete at the highest level of podcasting. 
So we got that. <laughs> How's it feel, Terry, to be that age? You know, it sucks. I, uh, I yeah, we won't we won't go into my medical problems. <laughs> well, I mean, I think Rick's we, just Rick, Rick's just doing it to to keep from having to go get a job. You know. <laughs> well, hey, I should retire tomorrow. <laughs> I mean, I'm waiting for it. You know, it was what inducted in the Hall of Fame, and I believe it was 01. Uh, yeah, the first he was the part of the first class as as well. He should have been. Yeah. I saw I saw him at the Hall of Fame when we were there a month ago. Yeah. He did not look. How old did you say? Seventy three. He's he's seven. No, well, hold on a second. Rick is right now seventy seven years old. He was seventy seven. My his birthday God. is July twenty fourth, uh, nineteen forty six. So that makes him seventy seven years. That's old. ridiculous. No, he looked really really good. He looked strong. You know, dapper. I believe he won two U.S. Opens as well, correct? Is that yeah, he's won a couple yeah. of U.S. Opens. Two yeah. US he won an FLW Angler of the Year Award. He's um, got a hot wife. Very attractive young lady, Melissa. Wonderful, wonderful wow. woman, really. I think that's happy. relevant. <laughs> Mark. <laughs> I think it's relevant. That means we have to put uh, – hold on, I can't think of the guy's name. The pitcher for the Astros. Um, you see huh. the Tigers can't – Nolan Ryan? No, never mind. Uh, never mind. Don't worry about it. Um, I think I know where you're going with that. We'll catch I was going to say, if we have to put guys with, with wives in, we got to put that pitcher for the Astros who's married to Kate Upton. Anyway, yeah, that's where you were going. Yeah. Uh, no, but I think that is relevant, and, and I think that puts some first ballot uh, Mount Rushmore Hall of Fame. Mount Bassmore. Now, That's Terry, if, if, if you can't save yourself with this pick, Terry Batista, your final pick, <laughs> you may not make the bass fishing Mount Rushmore yourself one day. So no pressure. Who you got for us? Ray, Ray Scott. Ray Scott. Of course. You got to go Ray Scott. I yeah, mean, and of course, for all the reasons that we talked about If it wasn't for Ray Scott, everybody that Mike and Mark have been talking about wouldn't be known. And so it's... Ray Scott. It my my list ends with Ray. And I don't have to, to me. I don't have to explain it because everybody else has already explained it. Yeah, every, I think everybody wants Ray on their list. BTC, you know what we haven't we haven't put you under the spotlight yet. If you got to pick a Mount Rushmore, have you got one? Right now? Yeah. For all that? <laughs> no. <laughs> Well, we can't wait much longer. We got a we got a we got a top ten list to do. We got Who the hell's Mike got, Payne? Mike Payne, I don't know. Oh, it looks like I wrote on there. Um, is he on your Mount Rushmore? Mike Payne, <laughs> Mike Payne <laughs> definitely. Uh, Ray Scott, Bill Dance, and Roland Martin. That's about as deep as I go. I but my my opinion don't matter. It's it's ridiculous. I don't what have do the knowledge. Doesn't matter. It, listen, I give respect to the to the experts when I'm in their realm, and Terry impressed the hell out of me tonight. I learned a lot, um, so this has been good, man. I'm not trying to wrap things up, but this has been fun. I, I had no idea those people those, existed. I was sending you a copy of those books that Terry mentioned earlier tonight, but they're all written in Hebrew. <laughs> I was gonna say, I, I think I think the one guy was on a had his own uh, jug of mead. They're they're not, and actually, yeah, Mike, they're not they're not books. They're stone carvings on a case. Yes. Uh, stone tablets, yeah, yeah. It's like Terry's wow. Terry's so old, his first fishing license is carved out in a stone tablet. You know? Oh, ow! Wow. Hey, ow. hey, and I, Terry, and I'm not the oldest. <laughs> 
Yes, sir. No, no, Terry, I got to give you props because some of the stuff that you throw out on social media is really, really cool to follow. Some of the, the old ads and just some of the unique stories that quite honestly, I mean, a lot of that stuff I didn't even know about, but to get the opportunity to read about some of the stuff that you throw out there and read some of the history that exists in this game uh, is really, really cool. So major props for doing that, man. Yeah. Mark, I'm Thank not going to pay you more just because you praised <laughs> another you. of the panelists. Because I, I, works, come, come, you you from, don't get more cash just because you praised Batiste. No. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, that, that warms my heart. <laughs> no, it is. It's really cool stuff. It's good. And by the way, uh, I, I don't want anybody to think that this is real money. This is this is prop money. That do you guys know? I think you guys should know Gary Judici, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, oh, yeah. he he had involvement in uh, a uh, lot of movie productions <laughs> and stuff. He he's got some really cool stuff. Anyway, he turned me on to this movie prop money, and when I travel across the country recruiting, and I do these uh, live. They call them showcase events. I got about a half a million bucks that I stack up to get everybody's attention. And that's what I use this for. And by golly, it works. I bet it does. For bowling. Yeah. For, yeah, bowling. So, cool. for bowling. That's crazy. Oh. It's an you, you attention got, getter. Hey, Mark, it's you better got anybody than, it's better than like Earl Anthony quality? I do. I do. I do. I, I, wow. It's, it's really cool what, what they're doing this year. Is a, is a bunch of freshmen. That's amazing that you guys are doing so well, ranked 13th in the country. And yeah. the uh, fake cash on the table is a lot more effective than the usual offer to wax their balls. I don't think that's <laughs> necessarily appropriate. <laughs> I got a spit take out of Batisti. Oh. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. Thank you so much for joining us on the inaugural episode of Bass After Dark. You guys are the best. And I have had the best time visiting with you guys and, and, and talking about bass fishing at Mount Rushmore. That was a lot of fun. So, uh, folks, Mark Jeffries, you can keep up with the bowling team at Southern Nazarene University. Terry Battisti, definitely check out bass-archives.com. And check out the Big Bass Podcast also because I hear that's pretty good. Uh, size Mike matters. Davis, <laughs> size matters. That's the, that's the motto over there. Mike Davis, uh, we're rooting for you to catch the next Mississippi State record largemouth, brother. Go get it. Mike, I'm coming down there. You're welcome anytime, my friend. Both of you are. Have a great night. Thank you. Appreciate it, guy. BTC, our first wow. uh, our first big conversation. How do you think it went? Oh, it was awesome. I learned a lot. I was struggling. I just wanted to be a spectator. I had such a lot a of that time. was. No, no, I don't believe that. But I had such a good time because you're, you know, people who know you and who were familiar with your work on things like Bass University or, or Ike Live know that you're around a lot of the names that, that that conversation involved. You know, you know guys like Bill Dance and Rick Klon and Roland Martin, Jimmy Houston. You're very, very familiar but I with didn't know, those guys. I didn't know a lot of them. Well, tonight. James Henshaw, Jason Lucas, some of the others, Buck Perry. But yeah, you hang Mike around with You hang around Batiste long enough, you're going to get an education. Uh, that is that for was sure. That was cool, man. That was a lot of fun. It was, it was more interesting than than I thought it might be, honestly. Like I figured it was just going to be this this set, four or five names, and there was more to it. That was that was good, it was good stuff. 
it, it was good. It, it was better than I thought it was going to be too. But of course we had, I thought three terrific panelists. So that always Indeed. helps. Yeah. And that's the standard we're going to have to uphold, you know, getting the best possible folks to join us on the show and to talk about the things that people want to talk about. Uh, more on that in a moment. But right now we've got, I was going to say a new segment, BTC, but everything we're doing today is a new segment because this is the first ever episode of Bass After Dark. Uh, I'm really, really excited about this next segment, though. We're talking about the top 10. We got our very own top 10 list. And, we got our um, own top 10 list. And, I, I, and tonight's top 10 is the, the top 10 rule changes MLF did not adopt for the 2024 season. Yeah, they just made a, an announcement about a bunch of rule changes they were going to have for 2024, 2025, going back yes. to some Every Fish Counts stuff. Uh, but these are the rules that did not make it. Take it away. Nathan? <laughs> Number 10. Number 10, in lieu of cash prize money to be replaced with Boyd Bucks. That's right. There you go. No more prize money now. Boyd Bucks. That sounds like a, a value trade. Number nine. Rename Redcrest the Bassmaster Classic. <laughs> There's merit to that. They they may want to revisit that one for next year. N number eight. Hire out of work border agents to prevent to prevent defections to BASS. <laughs> Number seven. Bring back Shelly Sanders. You know, I, I don't know how they ever let that one go. It's That's actually when I kind of stopped watching MLF. Um, number six. Shotgun round to use live ammunition. Ken? I think that's a heck of an idea. You know, I've always been confused about what's the shotgun round, what's the sudden death round, what's the knockout round. Uh, Everyone is. If you use live ammunition in the shotgun round, yeah, I get it. Yes. Uh, the number five rule that MLF did not adopt for the 2024 season. For smallmouth bed fishing tournaments, change every fish counts to every fish counts and counts and counts. Mm. <laughs> number four sorry Ken no go ahead replace semifinals programming with old episodes of Hee Haw to increase ratings <laughs> ouch these are just jokes folks they can't hurt you no but they that may have helped uh, and uh, the number three rule that MLF did not adopt for the 2024 season is penalize anglers that fail polygraphs. <clears throat> A lot of controversy about that in all the leagues. You know, you hear about guys bombing polygraphs, and and sometimes the you you think the sanctions are perhaps not they ought to be. And so, number two. Dress code for JT Kenny must wear pants. Ah, well. <laughs> JT takes and, casual to a new level, doesn't he? Indeed, he does. Uh, the number one rule change MLF did not make for the 2024 season is 
Cali Angular votes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> Tally Angler votes before instituting new rules. All right. There you go, there folks. That's our, that's our inaugural top 10 list. Rules MLF did not adopt. All right. Uh, I don't know, man. I think the uh, replacing the prize money with Boyd Bucks, I think that that needs to be revisited. That one should probably sneak yeah, through next time. I believe they're only redeemable at Duckett Fishing dot com and 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 uh academy sports right I, that sounds reasonable sounds perfectly yes. reasonable so hey we got our first conversation we got i got done with the first monologue had our first round table discussion on a great topic did our first top 10 list not a lot left to do here we just gotta we gotta wrap this one up i guess i believe we do ken uh are we are we going to Tease what next week's show will be. We're, we're we're working on it, but but be on the lookout. You know, please subscribe to this thing. Please like, share, tell your friends. Uh, if you had a if you had even a reasonable time tonight, we're going to get better. We're we're working hard at this. We're going to get better. Um, the plan for next week is uh, to cover should forward facing sonar be banned from major tournament competition. That's where we're planning to go. And, and again, we're not going to share our guests with you, but we're going to have dynamite guests who are going to pick that issue apart and have a, a really dynamic and interesting conversation. Yes. And, and, and you know, that, that topic's been covered a lot, but I think we'll try to, we're going to try to hit it from a different angle. Again, imagine three different panelists, all with differing viewpoints and opinions unaware of who their counterparts are going to be in the conversation. So let's see if we can put it together, make it happen with some big, big names. Yeah. And that'll be I next Thursday, it. 9 PM Eastern on Bass After Dark, where we try to have, and I, we, we did have, and we will continue to have the most illuminating conversation in bass fishing. That's right. The most egregious and another top 10 list <laughs> and another opening monologue from the mighty Ken Duke. And that's scary, uh, but okay. As Paul Benson on the chat board said, everybody can put their pants back on now as we roll on out tonight. Paul is frightening me suddenly. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Paul, for watching. Thank everybody for watching. We we really want to earn your time on these Thursday nights. So come back next Thursday. We'll do this again, but better. Uh, Mike Payne was a guy who made a comment early in the show. That's why I had that on there. Yeah, I remember you referencing him. Uh, but hey, Dan maybe Ken. Mike needs to be on the Mount Rushmore bass fishing. Who knows? Um, I'll vote for him. After we'll the consider. comment he made, he deserves to be on there, yeah. I like it. All right, folks. Back in a week. Next Thursday, 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific, Bass After Dark. Here.